Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. KYW Original Podcasts. This is a Flashpoint Extra. I'm Flashpoint host, Cherry Gregg. As a journalist who covers communities that are very vulnerable and many times mischaracterized, when I heard of a new movement to change the narrative when it comes to youth, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. Over the past several years, I've worked hard to be very mindful of the words that I use to characterize a variety of communities. And so I decided to do a story on the We Are Not At Risk campaign. Take a listen to what it is, what it's about. And at the end of the day, take a pause and ask yourself, are you using stereotypes to characterize others? Take a listen. I'm so excited to be in the KYW studios with two uh, ladies. Sophia Byrne, she is a youth fellow. And I also have Nia Eubanks-Dixon. She's youth director for the American Friends Service Committee Welcome to the studios. So there is a brand new campaign that launched just yesterday. It's called We Are Not at Risk. Explain what it is. So We Are Not at Risk actually is kind of piggybacking off of work that happened in 2018. So American Friends Service Committee, we're a global organization. We have 25 youth programs around the world. Um, And these youth programs are focused on self-determination, um, a lot of educational programming for young people around the world. Um, and this comes out of a program that brings youth from all of these programs around the world together to formulate a campaign mm. that speaks to the issues that young people around the world are dealing with um, and that seeks to really draw on our our power within as young people. So We Are Not at Risk um, was actually formulated in Kenya in 2018 with young people from all different communities. And we are this year focusing on changing media narratives around youth. So speaking, entering into conversation with journalists and people who have public facing positions to address the way that we speak about young people and also for young people to explore ways that we can tell our own stories. Yeah. And so what was the major problem that this seeks to solve? I think the there are many, but I think that the largest one is the fact that Narratives have power, right? Words have power. So words like at risk, words like marginalized or criminal, a lot of these words are not coming from a place of seeing youth as 
in their full humanity. So seeing youth as people who are in charge of their futures and seeing youth as positive contributors to society. So a lot of young people, our youth who participated in this program, said that these narratives are impacting real-life outcomes. So things like the ability to get a job, things like the educational opportunities that are available to young people um, are impacted by these narratives. Yeah. And so do you think that people who are older have, because of these narratives, kind of like write youth off or, or paint youth or young people with a broad brush and say, you know what, all these these kids are doing A, B, C, D, E. And is that the impact that, that you see happening? Right. Certainly. Certainly. So actually, Nia asked me this recently. We were talking about, you know, how has these narratives impacted um, my life? And I just thought about policies in school, right? So I think back to when I was in high school. My high school made it so that we couldn't have, we couldn't carry backpacks that weren't clear. We couldn't have water bottles because they expected there's going to be something in the backpack or something in the water bottle. It's just this inherent suspicion of young people and this idea that young people are going to do something wrong rather than addressing the real problems that young people are dealing with. Um, so, so, yes. The assumptions have real impacts. Yeah. And so what are the, and, and Nia, I know on outside we talked about some of the real issues. And Sophia, we, we both, we all said, look, the, the narratives never very rarely address what's behind it. And so right. talk about what's behind it and then sort of that gets labeled, but not the issue, but more like the people. Right. Versus the issue. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one of the things that about about this campaign that is really powerful is that this asking us as opposed to blaming and trying to fix the people that we really begin to look at um, look at issues on a systemic level and begin to call out the issues that are happening in communities, specifically poor communities of color around the world that systemically are impacting these communities. So opposed to trying to fix or blame a person that we really spend time using our words that, that can properly name what is happening, what systemic oppression that is impacting that community. And so we're not saying we're wanting to change or fix these at-risk youth. We're saying that we want to work with communities of color um, to be able to address some of the systemic oppression that is happening to their communities. And that's a very different language than we're going into communities and we're going to save these young people from their inherently violent selves um, as opposed to reframing it. And I think what young people really said was that that changes how you interact with me. If you interact with me from a place of you need to be fixed, Versus you interact with me and from a place of you have power, you have might, you are beautiful, you have the ability and collectively we can change the systems that are impacting our communities. Yeah. And and, and, I, and I like the fact that young people are, like yourselves are standing up and, and telling us, you know, like, look, you're, you're not looking at it the right way. I mean, how what do you think this shows the empowerment of youth? What is it to say to even come up with this campaign? What do you think it says? Right. I think that it's the word empowerment is interesting. It's something that we talk about a lot because the fact of the matter is that we are trying to center the idea that young people aren't being empowered by anybody else. Right. By their 
people, by older people, by adults, that we're drawing on the power within, right? So that young people have always had this power that a lot of our social movements and things that we look back on in history have, were led by young people. So we're trying to really channel that idea um, and focus on what is the power within and what is the collective power when young people come together and have these conversations. Um, what can we do? And it's, it's a lot, really. Yeah. And yeah. I think and I think to piggyback off that, Sophia, I think that's why it was so powerful when we used the hashtag hashtag three billion strong is when we started to look at the numbers and realize, dag, there are three billion young people around the world. Um, that was powerful. And to be like, wow, with all that, young people are able to tell their own stories. And so creating platforms for young people to begin to say, well, what are the stories that we want out? How do we be the creators of our own destiny? And to begin to tell the stories of love and resistance and history um, from our communities. Yeah. And so this campaign, uh, We Are Not at Risk, has multiple elements to it. Can you break it down for me? Yeah. So the campaign is broken up really into three major parts. Um, The first one is what you said is young people going on social media and their allies. So it's not just youth. It's Adults as well. Because everybody who, was er, a youth. Right. Everybody. And not. Right. And everybody, you know, you have a child and yes, you see true. the impact of I love my child and I love all young people. Yeah. So it's like a, yeah. it's like a children or youth and their allies are creating stories online and sharing these stories and saying of, lo- of stories of love and power and resistance. So that's one a- element of it, of young people coming together, creating art, creating stories together, and then sharing that on, um, on social media using the hashtag uh, we are not at risk, hashtag three billion strong. The other part of it is urging um, media folk to take the pledge to adopt our anti-racist youth media framework is another part. So, you know, being on shows like this and, um, you know, working with other media folk, bloggers, journalists and saying, hey, social media, influencers. social media influencers. Yeah. yeah. Like, come on, let's have this dialogue. Let's talk about this framework. Will you take the pledge? So that's the the final part. And then the other one is to get local people all over the world to say repost, share, you know, let's be the the change makers that we want to see share these stories, you know, tag other media folk that, you know, encourage them so that we're all in this together because narrative matters. It matters what we say. It matters what we see. And so tell me about this pledge because y'all were, we were talking about that. Uh, I want to know what the pledge is. What would people be pledging um, to, to do if they were to, um, if media folk were to say, you know what, this is something that I'm willing to sign on to, what would they be promising you all? So essentially, I think in the most simplest terms, the pledge is saying that journalists, influencers, anybody who has a public platform is going to, number one, reflect on the way that they talk about young people as it is. So what are the assumptions that you have? What are the biases that you might hold? And this framework asks a lot of questions. So it's not so much a one size fits all because especially since this is a global campaign a lot of we're, it's working in a lot of different contexts so it asks people first to reflect you know think about what are your existing assumptions um, and then it asks you to take a look again so take a look again at the work that you've done at the work that you're seeking to do at the stories that you think you want to tell about young people interrogate why that is and 
change some of the of the words and the contextualization because it's not just about words but also about the framing that we're trying to get at um, a lot of this framework talks about what is the what is the context you're giving around a story about young people how are you describing their interactions with their community um, it's all very layered and I think that the main goal of the framework is to lead people through this process of reflection and taking that reflection and putting it into action through your journalistic um, projects. Yeah, because I, you know, and we were talking about this off mic. You know, I think a lot of us are do take Paul. You know, there's been a lot of awareness lately mm-hmm. uh, where journalists are kind of called to the carpet, called out for the way they use language and. There's a lot of scrutiny of our work, especially with us being called fake news and all. And so people literally, um, you know, I, I was telling um, both of you how my process is to circle the adjective in all my stories just mm-hmm. to make sure that, that word is whether or not it's to see whether or not it's actually necessary. Right. Uh, because characterizing something, you have to be you have to take pause. Right. Uh, and we don't I don't think. I think as you grow as a journalist, you do realize that every word matters yeah, and that it, it could definitely impact someone's life. Um, and so uh, just being mindful of use of word like marginalized, at risk, troubled, uh, poor, right. underserved, needy. Like there's a lot of trigger words mm-hmm. uh, that that I think we use uh, to summarize certain things. And I think your message is ch- take take a put your foot on the brake. Right. Take a look at what you're saying and see if there's another way to frame it. Yeah. And I think one of the things that Sophia said that I really appreciate is just um, the idea and what came, what this came out of is young people taking training yeah. in racism and colonialism mm-hmm. and realizing that inside of us, we all have internalized a lot of ways in which we other other people. How do we other how have we been conditioned to look at the other um, and I think what's beautiful about this framework is that it asks us to really stop and say, well, Dag, how do I, you know, look at other people? How have I been conditioned? And this is Nia as an educator, Nia as a community organizer. I had to come to my own understanding of like, wow, I do it, too. I yeah. do it a lot, too. I make assumptions about young people and about people who look exactly like me that they need to be fixed. And so I needed to pause and be like, well, darn, how am I describing my own people? Um, And I think the beauty of this framework is, it's just, I literally have it up on my desk because it reminds me to just pause and reflect and think about the assumptions that I I have to think about, you know, before I talk about young people, have I talked to Two young, young people? people? You know, so it's easy for me to say, yeah, the youth do, 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 do. But I haven't done my due diligence to say, well, I haven't spoken to young people. You know, I'm saying what youth do and I'm not quoting youth. So youth do, 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 do. But I haven't taken the time to quote them to say what they feel, what their perspective is. Um, and so I think this framework really allows us to ask me, am I using things from a humanistic asset based lens? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a fair uh, that's a fair assessment. And I will say I was at a gun violence town hall and I go to these all the time. And a lot of the victims are young people. Um, Some of the perpetrators are young people. I won't say, you know, I I say some. I don't know how many, but it was few young people in the audience. And so you're hearing from people who are over 40 uh, talking about the problems that exist 
uh, for people who are under 20. Mm-hmm. And it's just the assessment was so off balance. And I was like, how do we get the people who are the, the key demographic in the room? You know what I'm saying? To hear their voices. Um, and so I think that's a critical, critical um, step is to make sure that the voices of those you are reporting on are actually heard. Yeah. And that's one of the things. And listen to. And listen to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that there's, you know, oftentimes I think it's funny. We'll say, you know, we have to be inclusive and we have to get the people at the table. But the people cannot only be at the table, but they have to have power at the table and they have to be heard and validated at the table. So that's I, and I think that's the part of this campaign that I'm so proud of is that literally it's young people from uh, Philadelphia are participating in and it's first graders in Philadelphia. It's, you know, middle school youth. It's 21 yeah. year olds, 25 year olds, 30 year olds. You know, young people from the LGBTQ community have stood up together. Young people, you know, from all different communities. And then outside of that, it's young people from New York and New Orleans, young people from Guatemala and El Salvador and Kenya and Burundi. Um, have all come together to join forces. And to me, that's the beauty of it is young people all around the world have it's led by them, um, created by them and being implemented by them with the support of um, us as allies. Wonderful. And so I just want to wrap as we get ready to wrap this up. I know that there's going to be some things going on in Philly with young people over mm-hmm. the next few days. Give me the quick rundown of what uh, what's happening, and then give us the website where people can find out more. Yeah, so we're going to be a couple of places. One, we're going to be at District 1199C, Training and Upgrading Fund. Whoop, whoop. Shout out to you all, wonderful GD to college students um, and other youth programs um, on the 14th of this month. We're going to be at Woodmore uh, Museum with um, an organization called Philly Children's Movement doing some work with there. We're going to be at Jinx um, Elementary School. And then we're going to just be at local um, community centers throughout this month just spreading the word. Please follow the hashtag, hashtag we are not at risk. And you can go to AFSC.org um, slash not at risk to learn ways of how you can get involved, hear testimonies. Um, take the pledge, do the postcards. If you're interested in getting young people in your community involved in this, um, there's all the resources. There's a great resource guide of how to engage media, how to start having conversations with folks um, so that we can really, um, this isn't about calling people out. This is about calling people in so we can live in the type of world that we want to live in, where we all are living in our, our humanity and living in our greatest self. So if you're down with the movement and you're down with young people, um, doing what they need to do and telling positive, wonderful stories about them. Come on, hashtag we are not at risk and let's get it popping. Yeah, and so as we wrap this up, Sophia, how would, as a young person, what would it mean for, what would make this this campaign successful in your eyes? I mean, in my eyes, I think what we're looking at with this campaign is shifting power. So how can we move power, even if it's just a little bit, into the hands of young people. I think that seeing young people's stories being shared, um, seeing folks take the pledge and seeing just this influx of support um, and of energy towards change on social media. If you look at the hashtag as it is now, there's already an incredible amount of support and content. Um, And just seeing that folks are interested 
and making a real transformation and seeing the power within young people is is really the is really the goal. So it's it's a material goal, but it's also a goal in in changing the way that folks are thinking. Wonderful. So I just want to say thank you uh, to you, uh, Nia Eubanks Dixon, and thank you to Sophia Burns. Excellent job to both of you. Hashtag we are not at risk. Check it out on social media and go to AFSC.org slash not at risk. Not at risk. To check it all out. Thanks so much, ladies. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you for having us. This has been a Flashpoint Extra. Flashpoint is KYW News Radio's weekly public affairs show. It airs every weekend on 1060 a.m. on your radio dial. And it comes on at 930 p.m. on Saturdays and Sunday morning at 830. So you can subscribe to the Flashpoint podcast for exclusive content like this extra. You can find us on the Radio.com app, the Apple podcast app, or any podcast flat, uh, platform. All you got to do is search Flashpoint. Until next time, I'm your host, Cherry Gregg. Thanks for listening.